Welcome into the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige. And today we have week nine NFL reaction discussing probably one of the weirder weeks in football. Kind of a couple of strange things happening across the football league. There were six teams on a bye, like we talked about in our preview pod, leaving there to be seven early window games, two mid, you know late window games, and then obviously the Sunday Night Football, which we will talk about, and Monday Night Football. Uh, later on in the week but here we'll give our reactions and what we think it means for the season moving forward here on this episode of the his and hers podcast all right page uh week nine kind of nuts um some weird things happened uh throughout the league you know whether it was the bills losing to the jets or the uh, Lions beating the Packers to extend the losing streak to the uh, to five games. Uh, the Bengals not only beating the Panthers, but jumping out 35 nothing on them with Joe Mixon scoring five touchdowns. The Raiders season essentially being done. Uh, Geno Smith and the uh, beating the Cardinals and then the Bucks kind of keeping their season afloat, uh, tying them or taking back the division lead with the Falcons losing. Uh, in, in in a Falcons way to the Chargers. So up and down week, um, obviously we, we discussed in our Skull um, uh, pod, the Vikings being the commander. So if you're a Viking fan and you're, you know, we go the rest of the podcast without talking about it, go there. You'll be able to find all of our thoughts on such a wonderful game. Obviously Paige has got her Adrian Peterson throwback jersey on. Um, but Paige, Looking at week nine, um, what was the most surprising game to you? Most surprising game to me has got to be Jets Bills. Um, okay. I feel like there's only two way, two games you can pick from. So, yeah, that's a good pick. <laughs> Just, I mean, obviously, Bills the favorites going into this game. Um, but I think the biggest shock for me from this game and what I was the most surprised about was how the Jets ground game just like overtook the bills like they just punched them in the mouth with that ground game um michael carter had his best game of the season with 76 yards on 12 carries and had seven broken tackles and so <laughs> i don't know it was just interesting to me of like seeing a team that the bills off the bills defense ranked number one in the nfl and a team an offense like the jets being able to just dominate them um, yeah. that way was really interesting yeah, it, obviously Josh Allen got off to a really quick start in that game, had a couple big rushing touchdowns, um, but two uncharacteristic picks, and I listened to a little bit of a soundbite of his, where the first one, he just didn't see the defender hiding behind Dalton Schultz, a tight end, and the second one was just kind of, he said a, a brain fart was his exact term, I'm quoting there. Um, so kind of a game, and it just goes to show you that winning in the football league is hard. Um, it's it's a hard thing to do, especially when you're on the road, even if you're a very good team. And, and if you're the Jets, you just have got to be ec ecstatic, right? Zach Wilson didn't light anything up, 18 for 25, 154 in a tutty. But he was, you know, uh, comfortable, you know, uh, made the correct decisions and didn't do too much like he had done the week previous against against the Patriots. And for a team that was, you know, really bad for the you know the last part of this decade minus maybe one good season to sit at six and three with with how young they are i mean you have just got to be feeling absolutely amazing 
if you are a Jets fan. You know, especially yeah. they're going into their bye. Um, well, so they, you know, have a, kind of ride this roller, co- uh, kind of this high into uh, a week of relaxation and preparation for the rest of the year. I know it was just crazy. Like John Franklin Myers, obviously kind of leading that defense for the Jets. And um, it was just really interesting. I think the biggest thing for me was that when you're playing a team like the Bills, obviously the Bills offense is one of their biggest weapons. They have Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen being able to just have this insane chemistry. And I think that was the what was the most surprising was that Josh Allen kept trying to target downfield this entire game. And it was not working out for them. And especially under pressure, he got sacked five different times, um, 12 and like was pressured insanely. And so it was just kind of surprising to see the Jets defense step up in a way that put Josh Allen in a place that he looked so uncomfortable because that's very uncharacteristic of Josh Allen, even under pressure, genuinely performs well. No, that's a really good point. And um, again, uh, that Jets defense is really good. Sauce Gardner is the real deal. Uh, Quinn and Williams on the inside, forcing a lot of that inside pressure. Uh, you just got to be happy. Um, you know, and for me, if you look at the week, like I said, there's really only two games to be really surprised about. And not that like the Packers have proven to really be shocked by any of this, but to see an Aaron, a team that had gone 13 and 3, 13 and 3, 13 and 4 in three straight years, and the team hasn't like really changed all that much. Um, and I'm not a diehard Packer fan. I'm actually quite the opposite. So maybe I don't know, maybe some of the intricacies, I'm not going to say here, I know their uh, injury history and things of that nature for this year. But it just seems really weird that they're on a five-game skid. Aaron Rodgers, you know, this game, 23-43, 291, one touchdown in three interceptions through two red zone interceptions for the first time ever in his career. Um, just fascinating. You know, they were three and one. Uh, they're traveling to London to play the Giants. And and ever since then, those two deflections at the five yard line or whatever it was on third and fourth and goal have completely derailed their season. And now if you look at their wins, their wins were against a Bears team. Um, against the Patriots team with Bailey Zappi and against a Bucks team that scored 12 points. So, and, and you look at the slate, the slate of games they have coming up. If you're a Packers fan, I mean, I'm not so sure if this doesn't completely fall off the, off the rails. They play at home against the Cowboys. They then play the Titans Eagles and, and then the bears, you know, bears, Rams pack. I mean, you're looking at a season that they could finish six and 11, five and 12 which is just, it's crazy to think about, particularly over their last three years of just dominance in, of the NFC. I know, it was truly, It's. I feel like all season long, it's just going to be shocking when we see any loss like this. But the two and the two red zone interceptions just so uncharacteristic of Aaron Rodgers in a way that just feels like it's a different player out there so I think we can all just go ahead and just keep blaming it on jet lag it's probably just they haven't recovered from London trip yet (laughs) no that's uh no I think that's a really fair point um for your game with the biggest implications for the season moving forward which game would you place uh that title on Rams Bucks um Obviously, a, a bore, kind of a boring game, a tight game throughout the entire time. Um, but Tom Brady, we saw a little bit of a light of uh, the Tom Brady of old. We see him kind of do a fourth a game-winning drive there at the end um, to put the Bucks up 16-13 to 13 
over the Rams. And we talked about this. Um, this was one of my biggest games to look to, as it was a lot of people in the NFL, um, because of the fact that both of these teams were obviously slated to kind of be favorites in their divisions and have both been really, really struggling this season. Um, and one of the things that we talked about the most is that the Bucks had a little bit of an advantage because of the division that they're in, whereas the uh, Rams don't have that uh, same level of advantage and the bucks won this one so that just puts the bucks um back up back up into that position obviously they're just competing for it against the falcons which is looking like they'll probably be able to pull that out and be the first in their division but the rams man they have dug themselves into a hole that i just don't think that they're going to be able to get out of this season i i couldn't agree more um you know with the with the falcons losing like you'd mentioned uh you know they're right back in the thick of that division they've already beaten the falcons once who seem like they're you know the saints play on monday night football against the ravens tomorrow if they can win that i you know i could start seeing a path for the saints i i think with how the bucks have played the saints have lost a lot of close games if they beat the ravens at home get back to four and five and there'll be a three-way tie atop of that division I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out the Saints from winning that thing as well. But like you said, I think it was a big win for the Bucs, the Rams, with the Seahawks all of a sudden becoming a really good football team and, uh, you know, the Niners being so injury-prone. Um, but still already 2-0 against the Rams. I just – I think the Rams season is, I mean, weird enough to say, I think their season's pretty much done. I just don't see a path forward for them. I mean, they may be able to sneak in seven seed, but there's no one with how depleted their offensive line is. There's no one in the NFC in a playoff matchup that I'd say they'd go in and beat. Like, they don't have a running game. Um, they they can't really rush the passer unless it's Aaron Donald. So it's just hard for me to see them competing in in, in that conference. Yeah, it's just wild. Uh, Sean McVay was able to put together a really great team last year, but this year it looks like they've got a lot of issues to solve in the offseason. But that's why that's why you go for it. That's why when you're yep. on the cusp, that's, that's why, why you bring you, in Bob Miller. That's why you make those moves. You put the money there and you get it done so that you can get those wins in the moments that you have the perfect opportunity to do it. And that's where, like, again, and not to talk too much about the Vikings, because if you want to listen to Vikings, Skull Edition, but that's why the trade for like a TJ Hawkinson is is really important. Now, Hawkinson's a little different. They gave up a little bit more because he's younger and and obviously could be signed for a long time. But you make those trades when when you things are going your way because it could be an element like we saw against the Commanders for the Vikings today, um, where they he was able to make really big plays when they needed it at key parts of the game. It's like you know why they signed the Rams signed Odell last year, and you see in the Super Bowl had a touchdown and was on his way to have a monster game before his tour his ACL. And that's why you go get those guys. That's why the Bills went and got Vaughn Miller, you know, to the Buffalo, to the Bills this year was because when you're on the cusp, you have to go for it because the next year injuries, football is such a wild game that, you know, you cannot expect to be like the Patriots and be in it year after year after year after year because it typically never happens like that. I know, um, so true. <clears throat> what was your – what was like the most fun game – uh to watch for you uh you know this week i thought the cardinal seahawks game uh was just a lot of fun it was a really high energy a lot of really cool plays happened in that game a lot of back and forth and so for me um that game was really fun to watch also just seeing like 
just seeing Geno Smith and the Seahawks being able to solidify like that they are contenders and like they are yeah. going to fight fight to the end um yeah. was just fun. So yeah, I think that was the game that uh, had me raptured the most throughout the entire game. Yeah, that Seahawks offense is just something special. Um, and, you know, and the defense has been playing really well as of late. Obviously, they were kind of the the laughing stock of the league, you know, with such a high power offense, but they were giving up points after points after points. But if you look at their last four games, they gave up nine points to the Cardinals uh, a couple weeks ago. They gave up 23 to a good Chargers offense in Los Angeles, 13 to the Giants, and then 14 to the Cardinals. The Cardinals scored 21, but one was off a of pick six. So their defense has started to kind of round to shape. Pete Carroll kind of seems like he's putting something together to where they're going to be a really tough team to compete against. And they have already lost to the Niners in San Francisco. They play again on December 15th in Seattle. I mean, come on, that that stadium, if it kind of is boiling, coming down to the wire for that division crown. Uh, Jimmy, just picturing Jimmy Garoppolo on the road in Seattle for the for the division title. Um, or at least like a, a leg up in it, I, I think I would put my money on Seattle in that environment to get it done. So just an amazing turnaround. Uh, it's kind of cool to see um, Pete Carroll in some ways vindicated, uh, showing that he is a terrific coach and can piece together a really good team when $90 million a year isn't going to a 5'10 quarterback. Yeah, especially with the way you <laughs> I think Pete Carroll every single week is just continuing to win that whole breakup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, the game that was most fun to watch was, uh, you know, as much as it hurt me to say, but I kind of am loving what I'm seeing uh, from Justin Fields and the Bears. Um, wow. Let, okay. Do we need to talk about the non-pass interference call? I mean. Uh, go huge. ahead. Go off. <laughs> Chase Claypool, like, apologies for everyone that ever had anything to do with football. Cause that was absolutely ridiculous to not call that. Yeah. Yeah. And, but here, here's what I would say if I'm a bears fan, um, I am actually okay with not winning this game. And I know like it's hard when you're a fan and you want, want them to win, but I think this game was everything you wanted it to be. If I'm just, you know, if I'm a Bears fan, like it's just awesome that you see Justin Fields with almost 200 yards rushing, over 100 yards passing, three touchdowns, just playing a really clean game, um, you know, and as an offense, you're putting up those amount of points uh, and you still lose. So the ability to get, a, you know, a high, you know, high caliber draft pick later on in the year is really important. And it's not that you're you're playing to lose because they obviously wanted to win and they competed to win because you want to establish that culture. But in the grand scheme of things, if you're a Bears fan, this is exactly what you want to see. Um, yeah, there's a lot of hope. Justin Fields is just getting better and better every week. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That game was a blast. I mean, I, I think Tyreek Hill, like to be quite honest, I think Tyreek Hill probably is going to pass the 2,000-yard mark. Uh, as a wide receiver, I think he'll I think he'll break Calvin Johnson's uh, 2,000 yard mark. And if he just averages about 120 the rest of the way, he would do it in 16 games because that's what everyone would say. If he did in 17, that you know there'd be a lot of chatter about it, rightfully so. But if he doesn't in 16, he would just need to average 120, which doesn't seem like it's going to be that big of a deal for him. All right. So, what is the game that was the most disappointing to you? Now, when you say disappointing and what, like, like to me as a fan or like viewing it from a fan base, like viewing a it, 
I'm looking at it. My my pick this week is just from a purely football guy standpoint. Like you turn on a football game and you want to watch a fun football game. So the most disappointing game for me, it's the Colts Patriots game. Yeah, that one. Just oh. extremely underwhelming, barely on red zone, just because there's barely any touchdown scored. Obviously, the Colts didn't have a touchdown the entire game. Uh, there was one really cool interception made by the Patriots that got ran back. That was an awesome pick six. But aside from that, like just as a football guy, this was just a disappointing game because it was just not fun to watch. Yeah, and both franchises kind of just a little confused of what to do at the quarterback position, obviously. Mac Jones didn't look and it didn't really prove anybody right about him. And Sam Ellinger the same way, just kind of a bad performance all around. Ellinger uh, got sacked nine times today. Yeah, that dude Matthew, is gonna be Matthew, bruised all over. Yeah, Matthew Judon is is a freak. But that's why you can't really look at a like just look at the box score of a game in terms of the score. You think, oh, well, Mac Jones probably played pretty well. Uh, 20 for 30, uh, 147, a touchdown. And that doesn't even tell the whole story. There was a lot of misplays by him, you know, a lot of self-sacks, a lot of checkdowns when he could have gotten a little bit more. Um, you know, there's a lot of Patriots fans that are a little little um, worried about what they have at the quarterback position. If I'm if I'm looking at the most disappointing from a fan base, I'd just have to say the Raiders. Um, obviously, that could have been the winner last week. But I remember when they um, lost by one point or one point to the to the uh, to the uh, Chiefs on that Monday Night Football game. I remember when they beat up on the Texans. It was like, okay, look, the Raiders have the Saints, they have the Jaguars, they play the Colts, Broncos, Seahawks. They're going to be above five hundred before uh, they play the Chargers um, again. And I remember, I remember hearing that. And ever since then, they've got shut out against the Saints, uh, and then they got, uh, you know, beat up by a Jaguars team that was on a five, six-game losing streak. So if I'm the Raiders, for what the season was supposed to be by getting Devontae Adams, by having, you know, Coach McDaniel there, and to what it's turned into, you just have to be, you know, just a little let down about what this kind of has devolved into. Yeah, uh, that bleeds right into my biggest loser of the week, uh, player or co- player or coach. My biggest loser this week is Josh McDaniel. Yeah, like again, a lot of a lot of hype going into the season for him, um, and yeah, I just think that it's been a little bit of a joke from the Raiders, especially. I mean, I'll be hurt the rest of the season because I uh, was I was on I was on the Raiders boat. I was thinking singing their praises uh, preseason. And this season has just been extremely underwhelming. Josh McDaniels has proven that he's not the greatest coach in football. So interested to see if he's able to turn anything around there. But otherwise, I could I don't think it'd be far out to say that we see the end of Josh McDaniels in Raiders country soon. Um, I, I was thinking between two biggest losers today. Um, I was I, I want to do a petty one and say the Washington Commanders because their best quarterback of the last 25 years went into their stadium and beat them. Because uh, if you look at that, I just want to say this: if you look at that Commanders team, if they had Kirk Cousins, they would they would be pretty dang good. I just would like that to be known. They have a lot of really good players, especially on the defensive line. So missing um, that quarterback position. I'm missing that quarterback position. Uh, the the other one would be Cliff Kingsbury uh, falling to three and six with games against the Rams, Niners. Um, it was it was a kind of a tough slate. The Rams, Niners, Chargers, Patriots. Um, out of the next four, I believe they they are going into their bye week. They don't play until next Monday. 
but regardless, um, it's just it's just kind of a bad season. Both of these guys get signed into an extension. If they can win, they get to four and five with the division win uh, into their bye week, and then maybe they can get the ball rolling. But we saw it a couple weeks ago when they played the Vikings. Uh, they just make a lot of mistakes, uh, self-inflicted wounds, and it just kind of seems more of the same. They get a pick six. They, they The Cardinals have five defensive touchdowns this year. That's most of the NFL, and they're three and six. Usually if you have the most defensive touchdowns as a team in the NFL – usually are, you know, are winning a lot of football games because they just don't really happen. But that just speaks to how bad of a coach Cliff Kingsbury been on the offensive side of the ball and how disappointing the highest, uh, one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the NFL and uh, Kyler Murray has been as well. So uh, Cliff Kingsbury, I wouldn't be shocked if he's fired this week. I don't think it'll happen, but I'd also... I Cross our fingers on that one. I also wouldn't, Get him be, out of I wouldn't there. be surprised. I wouldn't be. So I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> well awesome do you have any uh any last thoughts or categories or anything well we're gonna end on a high note with our biggest winners of the week oh that's right that's right and i'm gonna give my flowers to mr joe mixon because yeah hot dog did that guy have a game yeah there's Five really nothing touchdowns. else to say <laughs> yeah i mean i don't I, is there anybody that won more than joe mixon won today i don't think so uh, well, he definitely, I played him not to make that standard joke, but I did ha- play against him in one of my fantasy leagues and lost by almost 75 points and he had 56 points. So that'll do it. That'll do it to you. Not that him not having that would have, uh, helped my loss, but I'm just saying it definitely, uh, it sucked looking over and seeing a 55. I want to know if, I want to know if anyone had, uh, Justin Fields who had 45 fantasy points today and Joe Mixon on Ooh. their uh, fantasy the teams team. today. I just want to know if somewhere someone's screaming just because of the joy that they've experienced. Um, my biggest winner would would be Jalen uh, Justin. I mean, not Jalen, Justin Fields. I just think over the last month, it really started. I remember the Vikings jumped out 21 to three on the Bears, and it kind of seemed like it was about to turn into a clown show. And Justin Fields, after that point, actually played a really good game. And it's been kind of a springboard moment because I remember he had a couple of big runs and one that was actually called back as well. And it seems like they've opened up the offense to be more run oriented since that point to really play to a lot of his strengths, which is kind of weird that they didn't do that weeks one through three when everyone was clowning him for his uh, you know completions and attempts and everything. Um, but I just think if there's not a franchise that is starting to see, hey, we might have a real guy here uh, in Justin Fields. So I think he, over the last month, but particularly today against a good Miami Dolphins team, uh, I think he's one of the bigger winners of the weekend. Going into Chiefs Titans tonight, which we'll give a recap of later this week. Awesome. Well, thanks to everyone for tuning in again. Uh, we love football NFL week nine recap. Uh, we will uh, have our preview pod later on this week. Can't wait to dive into what will be a fun week 10. Everyone have a good week and we'll see you soon. Okay. Alrighty. Here comes Riggs. <laughs> Here comes Riggs. Perfect timing. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>